0: So, Brian, I think we've had this discussion before, right? I have an accounting degree. I have an MBA. I was an accountant. I was a sales guy paid on commission. And so, you know, I understand the economy and and making money. But something that I will admit to not figuring out until I was 30, maybe even 31, is something that I think most people haven't figured out yet. And that is how to grow money. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't given you a lot of context where I want to take this, but let me just leave this with you. When I talk about growing money, how does that hit you? What do you, What do you think about first?
1: Leverage. Okay. That's like the first thing that comes to mind. Is I got this rule that me and my me and my money don't hang out in the same place. Oh, we're, we're, we're partners. Right. Sure. And so, just like a good marriage, just like any other good partnership, you need to be able to leverage everybody in that partnership, money being no different. And so, if, if you can't leverage and have your money working in a different place than you're working, then you, mm. your money's probably not working hard enough.
0: I love that. I love that. One of the things when I think about this and the more and more people we help is it's sexy to talk about growing money. It's sexy to talk about being a millionaire. It's sexy to do this or that. But there's a step one or step zero, depending on how you wanna count it, that nobody talks about. And that is you need to increase your discretionary, AKA disposable income. Yes, sir. So you have seeds that you could freaking plant and water. (laughs) If you got nothing falling into the bottom freaking line, you ain't got no seeds. What the hell are we doing, folks? That is mind-boggling to me that we don't have those discussions.
1: Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting you say that because – so I got three different classes, right? And I think they're probably more universal than just being me. But I do have three distinctive dis, uh, definitions of these classes, right? So the poor go to work, pay bills. They they think the whole purpose of money is legitimately to go to work, make enough to pay bills, Right. <laughs> the middle class believe that the purpose of money is to go to work, pay bills, but then to also have credit to where they can spend money in advance of actually physically having it, right? There's the other side of the middle class that believe the purpose of money is to become debt-free, right? But I would argue that debt-free is not financially free because you still got other yeah. stuff you can pay for, right? Indeed. And then the rich, the rich and the wealthy believe that the only purpose of money it is to make money to then use that money to create income to then pay for lifestyle. Exactly. And that's the conversation nobody's having, Mike. Is it's just to echo Exactly.
0: Yourself. That is, folks, if you want to be rich, you want to be wealthy, you want to flex, you want to do all this freaking crap that you see on social media, look yourself in the mirror and own your discretionary income, your disposable income. Because it sucks. If you got no no money falling to the bottom line that you could light on fire, and not change your life, you ain't there. That is something that at thirty one years old, I woke up to, and I'm like, okay, I can you know we put a little bit of money away, had a little bit of success in the stock market, I can buy a house with a loan, but I got nothing left, man. I'm broke, I'm cash broke, and dude, I'm making six figures, and so's my wife. Mm -hmm. that's terrible so for the next 18 it might have been 24 months we go on a religious experience to whack frivolous expenses Mm -hmm. we go down to 50 percent all that money falling to the bottom line allows us to plant seeds and grow plant seeds and grow and oh by the way if you do that long enough them seeds can be some big ass trees yeah but it all starts with the seed. We're not talking about the seed. We're flexing social media nonsense, buying crazy whips and watches and purses and shoes. doesn't matter. Go get some disposable or discretionary income, man. Let's go.
1: This this is an area near and dear to me too, Mike. Growing up in Detroit, and inner city, like it, you grew up in a culture that's really consumer-driven dri- and more importantly, like, you wear your status or you show your, right? And so <clears throat> it wasn't until, cause I moved away from there at 27, I probably didn't figure that out until maybe 30, 30 about 31, about the, same, about the same age where I got totally out of that environment, started getting around different people, started taking on different ideologies, breaking down these bad constructs that hadn't been serving me my whole life um, and just had a totally different outlook and it's so it's so liberating when you take back control, and although you may be a little constricted on lifestyle, but you start seeing that you got money that you can go point to and look at and deploy. It's it, it's nothing more refreshing than that, right? Like even now having the money, I still don't make certain purchases just because I would much rather do the other thing, you know. Yeah. And um and until you can and, and going back to the beginning of the conversation, I believe Mike. That, in order to really grow money, it's got to be a change in mindset for many people
0: exactly that's that's where I was hoping this would go is growing money is a mindset, and it's the, it's the same for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're Grant Cardone or Brian Adamson or you know in, you know Mike Zuber, right? It doesn't matter in order to get wealthy, you have to have money working for you. But in order to have the money first, you have to have a disposable income. So I just want people to realize lots of you know how much money you make a year. Lots of people know how much money they make an hour. Lots of you know what your expenses are. Rent, mortgage, car, insurance, gas, entertainment, food, blah, 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 blah. Until you know how much disposable or discretionary income you have, that Every dollar that falls there is a seed. And that seed can be planted to produce more seeds. So focus on growing. Like for 2024, most of you should look to 10x your disposable income. Because the more seeds that rain down, the more chances you can take, the more investments you can take. And then if you do that for a decade like Olivia and I did, there's a lot of plants, man. There's a lot of plants.
1: For sure. One of the worst things you could do is eat your seed. Right? yes And and yeah. I I I was there, I couldn't understand for years, decades, how same is true. Myself, my wife, we're making so much money, but we're still essentially living paycheck to paycheck. And it was because we were eating our seed. It, it wasn't that we didn't yeah. have money left over, it was how we chose to use it. And um I bet if I had to venture a guess, that's probably 70% of people out there, Mike. Like when I make the distinction between poor, middle-class, and rich, there's people that make a half a million bucks, a million dollars a year that would be middle-class at best based on their, their money behavior. And until you fix that piece, then you're never going to make enough money. Money don't fix money problems. Change behavior, fix money problems.
0: Yeah, money doesn't fix money. And, and I'll I'll I live in the Silicon Valley. I worked in enterprise software tech companies for the last 15 years. My peers on average made 300 grand a year. More like 90% of them Mm -hmm. would be poor or middle-class in your scenario. It is shocking how many people were waiting for their yearly stock grants just to get some freedom and, We've had a good run the last 12 to 14 years. Mm-hmm. We get a we get a hiccup or a recession. There's a lot of pain, a lot of lifestyle creep. And um yeah, just because you have a good income doesn't mean anything. In fact, now that I've had this channel for five years, mm-hmm. I would tell you there are far, this is not this is going to be counterintuitive to most people, but of the thousands of people I've interacted with. I would say the percentage of people that make below 80 grand are rich in your scenario because they have the habit, the discipline. They know what they're doing. They haven't taken their lifestyle to match their income. When you work in the Silicon Valley, you get that engineering computer science or sales job. You have your first big year. Everybody buys the new car. Everybody gets the vacation home. Everybody does a $50,000 vacation. It's lighting it on fire. It's, it's, it is crazy to me how many people making six figures a year in the Silicon Valley aren't becoming financially free it's shocking and yeah. disappointing
1: I mean and even with cost of living being as high as it is, I'm sure there should still be some margin making 300 grand right
0: oh there sh- there well there should be absolutely okay they're they're just because again you go buy the Tesla then you buy the second Tesla then you have your then your 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 kid's first car is a Tesla, I mean, I mean really, I mean this is what we're doing these days. Is, it's crazy.
1: It sounds like that'd be the one time you call Dave Ramsey for some help.
0: Yeah, hey Dave, you need to talk to some people over here because they're wilding out, man. There's crazy stuff happening in Silicon Valley. So at the end of the day, folks, if you want to grow money, you have to have the seeds first. Yeah.
1: But I'm gonna tell you, Mike, if people and I know you've said it a couple of times, and I don't know if we have time for you to cover it.
0: Both, both. But
1: but but your scenario where you teach people to look at the cost of their time, yes, when they make those purchases, I promise you, if people could just subscribe to that 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 ideology and methodology that you share, I promise you they'll 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 spend their money totally different, especially going into this holiday season. Uh. Like they would took it that totally. Most people are going to make bad purchases over the next sixty days. That's going to cost them a year of their life next year to pay it back.
0: I want so we'll give you the example. Let's assume you're going to spend two thousand dollars on Christmas or holidays or whatever you want to call it this year, right? And let's assume you make fifty or hundred grand a year, eighty grand after taxes. You have, you know, I don't know what it is. So let's say seventy two. So that's six grand a year, and it and. Net income to the household. You spend two grand on rent. You spend two grand on something else. You spend $1,500 on this, $300 on that. You're left with $200 of disposable income. So when you spend two grand on Christmas, which is completely disposable, Mm -hmm. and you're making $200 a month, you know, and and extra money, you divide $2,000 by $200. That's 10 months. So instead of spending $2,000 a month or $2,000 on Christmas, you're actually signing up to spend 10 months of your life paying for Christmas. Yeah, that's not good. That's bad.
1: Not good. That's insane. And, and that provided no other hiccups come up.
0: Yeah, no other hiccups. No, That's right. 10 months of nothing else. Just paying. And that's assuming zero interest. Anybody think they're getting zero interest on credit cards these days? Come on. Let's be real. Man. So, at the end of the day, folks, take your disposable income, create an hourly amount, divide that hourly amount by your purchases, and ask yourself, is it worth 10 months of my life? Maybe it is. I won't judge. If you do the math and you say it's worth 10 months, go nuts. Most of the time, it's not worth it. Brian, where can people find you?
1: <laughs> Brian, Adam- Brian Adamson Official on YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else.
0: There you go, man. Thank you very much.
1: All right, bro. Thank you.